I mean, we can chat a little more before we do it if you want. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she said, of course, (laughs) is what came straight to my mind. Well, of course. Well, of course. Mm. My goodness. We've talked about the importance of foreplay (laughs) in podcasting. We just had dinner. What else do you want? (laughs) I cooked you a nice meal. (laughs) You have a drink in your hand? Let's do it already. Let's get into it. You cannot play God then wash your hands of the things that you've created. Sooner or later, the day comes when you can't hide from the things that you've done anymore. Welcome back to another week of Beers, Beats and Battlestar Galactica, where we, your hosts, Kaylee and Lisa, take you through the sci-fi original series, Battlestar Galactica, episode by episode. And we are now in season four, Woohoo! which is very exciting. And um, I am very croaky voiced from the week that it has been. What a birthday week it was. What a week. I went to see Book of Mormon. I saw Crazy Ex-Girlfriend live. Lin-Manuel Miranda was a guest star. Did you know that? You told me, yes. Oh, I was just I'm making I'm very sure. excited for you. Yeah, yeah. Your reaction wasn't exactly what I wanted, but... Um, well, because you told me already and I was excited true. previously, so... I mean, yeah, but I mean, doesn't Lynn deserve twice? <laughs> um, yeah, what a week. I had a, an amazing birthday party where one of my absolute favorite performers learned a freaking Copeland song for me. Amazing. Also, there were a lot of lovely naked ladies dancing. It's exactly what you want on your birthday. Mm-hmm. Classical music and naked ladies. It was perfect. Yep. Very fun night. Yes. I will post a picture of us singing on yeah. on our... We did that. Tweets. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So sorry for our voices. It's croaky. It's been Sexy, a long week, say. but a fun week. And oh my goodness, these episodes. Oh my goodness. What a welcome into season four. And I just learned something new, courtesy of our beer for the episode. What's that? That it won an Emmy. Yeah. So this week we are drinking um, TV Party, New England style pale ale, which I picked up in celebration of this episode winning an Emmy, I think, for um, visual effects. It's actually not bad for a pale ale. It's yeah, it's fruity. not. It's not bad at all. Hoppy and juicy is how it was advertised. I would actually, I would agree. Yeah, not too hoppy. Certainly. I feel like it's kind of like me. <laughs> You're hoppy and juicy? Yep. You oh. know it. Mm. Lovely. Um, we also have, because we never drank it previously uh, when Celix was first in Nugget, we have Nugget Nectar that I've been hanging on to, and that is from Trog's Independent Brewer- Brewing. Uh, which is from where? What kind of beer is that? It's a nugget nectar. Yeah, but obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I can't figure out what this is going to taste like. It says excessively dry hopped nugget nectar is an explosion of pine, resin, and mango. Explosion. What? Mm, interesting. Uh, so we're taking a chance on this one. We'll see. Yeah. Um, where's Trog's? Trogs is oh Hershey Pennsylvania nice and then um, Radiant Pig does TV party and they are in uh, good old New York New York gotta love a bit of New York New York hell of a town hell of a town hell of a beer um, it is a nice beer I'm not usually well done TV party people 
And so it was uh, season four, episode one, He That Believeth in Me, that won the Emmy. But we're actually, we're bringing two episodes to you today. Oh, and thank goodness, because (laughs) when we made this decision, I hadn't yet seen episode one. And when I watched episode one yesterday, I was like, I would have been so mad. Like, I'm not even going to lie. I might have watched it. <laughs> I always say that, but I'm too much of a nerd to actually do it. Like, I, I'll be like, I, w- I would have watched it, um, but I didn't. But well, I did because I was allowed. But I was allowed. You were. Which um, is good. And I, I was the one who proposed this because this is... Um, these the first two episodes of season four are technically a to be continued. I think at this point he said it's a two part episode. Okay, and, and that they usually don't do them. So. It aired. I don't think in America it aired on the same night, but apparently in the UK they aired back to back. So mm. if you're uh, in England and you watched this well, back look. in the day, you might have seen these two episodes on the same night. I'm I'm closer to England than America. I guess I don't know. I can't tell anymore. <laughs> Uh, so the second episode we'll be talking about is um, six of one. Uh, also, we in case um, I don't know, you missed it when Lisa and I first got together, we covered Razor, which technically aired in between uh, seasons three and four. Yes. Uh, so we are starting with He That Believeth In Me as the first episode of season four, even though I think it's listed differently in different places. Yeah. So RDM. Ronald D. Moore, our mate, uh, he said that he calls it season four, episode three and four. I think for the purposes of our podcast, we'll just call it episode one and two. That's I think it's definitely easier. as it is on the DVDs as well. So, um, but, but if yeah. you missed Razor, go back, scroll and back listen. a little bit. I think we titled it uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes, that's dedicated to Kane. Admiral Kane. She's so good at that, you know? <laughs> She's so, it would be her strength. Um, there is now, I haven't rewatched it yet, but I remember at the time thinking there's a really important, well, not really important, but there's a, there's a scene at the end of that episode with Starbuck that, um, was kind of setting up a lot of stuff for season four. So Uh, I want to go back and watch it a lot about just like her having a destiny and all of this mess. And I'm curious to, to watch it again now. Well, I have the DVD she's with back. commentary version. Hey. I'm just saying. <laughs> and a DVD player that yes. works. Yes. And so everything. My previous DVD player decided to play everything in black and white and I couldn't work out. It I was more it was like old. green and yeah, brown. It wasn't good. But you know what? You can get a really good DVD player for like $20 on Amazon. And Woo-hoo. it's tiny as well. So it's not taking up so much space. Yeah. And it just does the job. 2019, we finally got ourselves a working DVD player. It's amazing. Good job, everyone. Want to get into this? Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. So much. Although I didn't take that many notes because I was so into it. Yes, there are some absolutely brilliant scenes in these two episodes. Mm. Uh, so our episode one, "He That Believeth in Me," was written by uh, good old Thompson and Weddle, that dynamic duo, and directed by Michael Reimer. Um, and we have a new uh, little like opening yes Cylon it's sequence. Note. It's it's new intro. Yeah, it's all about the Cylons now. It's all about who is now a Cylon, mm-hmm. and that one will still be revealed. Yeah, yeah, which is really interesting because in the podcast, Ronald D. Moore talked about the switch, particularly in episode two, but just like speaking more broadly about this season, um, to moving into more of the Cylons 
and the humans and looking at both of their stories, even though there's no none, I think the way he put it is no one from our team with the Cylons is like looking through their thing. And I think that's really interesting when you think about the new intro and how it's like very focused on just the Cylons. Yeah. Less focused on like humanity trying to survive. And by the episode two, we definitely get a lot more into what's happening on the, so in the Cylon world. I really love the Cylon plot line. Yes, absolutely. Um, so let's start with episode one so we can get there. Yeah. Uh, so we open, man, you only had to wait a, like a week <laughs> to watch this. We had to wait a whole, I don't even know how long it would have been, months, mm. uh, to get back to this scene with Lee and Starbuck. Yeah, and he did like purposefully open it exactly where we left off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no time jump here. <laughs> uh, so she's like, yeah, hey, remember last season I said I've been to Earth? I've been to Earth. Uh, and uh, the they can hear her talking um, in the mm. CIC and Adama is having a lot of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> That could be just the title for these two episodes. (laughs) Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, He wants them to like see if they can make sure that it's really her. And Rosalind is instantly convinced that it's a trick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, they have um, a whole bunch of raiders on approach. uh, And Starbuck kind of takes off to go join the fight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the the raiders are very bloody in this episode, which we haven't really seen before. It spatters like all over her yeah. ship. I don't know if it was just, I don't know what inspired the choice because that's not something I think they've done much of in previous space battle scenes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's again like this overall theme of humanizing the Cylons more. Could be. Uh, uh, and also it seemed like they had a, a, a nice budget for this first episode. Yes. Uh, I think Ronald D. Moore talks on the podcast about the scenes, like the fight scenes in space and how he always thinks that they've done like the most that they can do and they can't top it. And then like he sees another one. He's like, Oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah. So. This one was really beautiful. And I think definitely deserving of the Emmy for sure. N- watching it now. I think we've, we've surpassed where they were at then. But obviously, it was it's, Yeah. It's 10 it's years ago. Many years later. Um, but it looks really good for the time. And it looks, I think better than anything we've seen on the show so far in terms of that, sure. that level mm. of like, space battle um but yeah the blood makes it Mm. way more just like real yeah uh where usually in like shoot 'em up space stuff you're just seeing like little pew 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 laser Mm. beams uh in my head just then when you said shoot 'em up i got hit 'em up in my head Mm -hmm. shoot 'em up style (laughs) (laughs) uh so adama's ordering um anybody who's not in the air to get in the air it seems like maybe they should have done that already um, but so all the nug- all the nuggets nugget for, who- for whom we're drinking nugget nectar uh, get their their first time out fly- fighting the Cylons. and what a time! Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have this scene where he's like telling Ty to do this, and Ty has a very upsetting misdirect. Yes, yeah, of and, um, shooting yeah. Adama. Ronald Dean Moore talked about that and he's like, oh, I didn't know if we should because we've done it before. But then he thought it really worked well. I mean, I think the thing is, is even watching it for the first time, I could tell. Like, yeah. I knew that's not what was going to happen. Like, I knew that it was a misdirect. It didn't seem cheap to me, though. It didn't mm. seem like they were just doing it for the shock. It seemed like this is like a, this is Ty now. It's his n- absolute number one concern. Mm. And I could see him really 
imagining it like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, the t- the shot is really well done where they kind of, the camera like pans around and then pans back and everything's back to normal and yeah. it, it looks like a seam seamless continuous shot mm. and I'm impressed with how they did that. Emmy episode. Heck yeah. Uh, so w- Anders is uh trying to get into the air and also trying not to freak out. Um, and Chief is trying to calm him down. And uh, Athena rolls up just when Chief is like, you're Samuel T. Anders. That's who you are. And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, who else would he be? Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that she's not like clocking into this stuff because she went through this. So Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they kind of are like, well, Athena doesn't know who we are, so mm-hmm. maybe nobody else will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have a space battle, space battle, space battle. We lose a ship that had like 600 people on it. But then I feel like, is it reflected in the survivor count? Because I felt like the next episode didn't feel like 600 less, but I didn't. Uh, we I don't think either. we've gotten to the credits yet. So it's 600 less already by the credits these oh, is that opening how they credits do it? yes ah. yeah if people die in the opener is reflected in the count i think usually yeah um which made it there was something about when starbuck disappeared that made it like questionable mm-hmm. um anyway uh so sam is talking flying to and talking to himself with his hand on the transmit button <laughs> it's very cute uh, and Celix kind of tells him off, and Celix is just crushing this. Yeah, always. she's amazing. Yeah, of course, did yeah. we ever doubt she would be? I mean, no, but it's her first time out fighting the Cylons too. And like Sam is obviously he's got other stuff going on, but he's a just mess, a and she is just like like she was born for this. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, but there's a raider on her back, and Anders is gonna try to get him, and then he can't shoot, and then the raider flips around, and he flashes its little cylon i love this red eye thing yeah and then it takes it takes like a decent amount of time and then a little something in sam's eye flashes Mm -hmm. red back uh and then that raider and all the other raiders turn around yeah and head back to the spaceship and then apparently in the scene initially sam was gonna be like ready to shoot Celix, but they cut it out oh wow yeah but like but he was going to be like in that moment where he's oh i don't know is this what like he you know one of those moments i think we had one of them with boomer like back in the day um where you're like is he gonna shoot her uh but yeah i love this i love like how long it like because obviously it wasn't a long moment but the way it felt so long uh, yeah i think it would have felt that long to him as well for sure yeah it really took when you're you, in like, that kind of high stress situation mm-hmm. yeah very interesting i don't know that we've seen this other side but i don't think we've seen that happen with other silence before like a, a red eye flash yeah but we really haven't had a moment like that for exactly it to happen. yeah but then it's like why did the cylon even take the time to look at him in the first place like could it sense i think it must have somehow sensed Mm. um but yeah it is a question of like i think later he says that the safety was on and that's why he couldn't shoot but he's like did i Mm. did i like leave the safety on on purpose or like because of cylon programming Mm. or is it just a nugget mistake so adama and everyone are like yay i guess we should leave too uh and tori says maybe something has changed and rosalind's like what (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Ty says he has no idea. And that's a very long um, opener before the credits. Yes. Uh, so are you going to sing the count this week? Do you have it or do you want me I don't to have it. it? And I don't have a voice either. Yeah, I think it's for the best. 39,698 survivors in space after this initial battle. Mm. So somewhere in the middle of all of that, uh, Gaius was smuggled under the orange blanket to uh, his new digs. So good. Oh, my God. His acting is so good (laughs) when he's under the blanket. He's just amazing. And I love that it's just like a room full of women. And apparently they call it Boltar's Lair. Oh, Lord. Um, In the script and everything, they call it that. Um, It's just all like Boltar in these episodes is just he's just perfect. He's perfect. He's peak Baltar right mm-hmm. now. Um, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of like young women who just sort of like catch his eye and then very shyly look away. Mm-hmm. Um, there a- are a couple of dudes in there, but it's mostly women. Mostly women. Um, so actually, Ronald T. Moore made a cheeky reference to Charles Manson. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, I'm not saying that like it was a b- direct basis, but all I'm saying is maybe there are similarities. <laughs> And, like, it's interesting how quickly Gaius kind of falls into this role, where at first he's like, oh, king of the fools. Oh, I don't want to be here. And then by, I think by the end of this episode, he's like, we must all pray to the one true God. Like, it's so fast how quickly he falls into being a cult leader. Speaking (laughs) of king of the Jews, when you say king of the fools, I thought king of the Jews. When I was watching this I have notes asking if Gaius is Jesus or Moses. And then I realized that both of them, the story of birth is in the Bible. So probably not. But I, and then on the podcast, Ronald D. Moore was like, he's not Jesus. <laughs> I was like, damn it. It was a prediction. And Wait, that was a real prediction? I was like, is he someone in the Bible was kind of the prediction. Like, I don't. I mean, given the story of the Bible, like, I mean, although, I mean, he was born to a poor family in Pygon or wherever, but like, I, I feel like it's like setting him up a bit for that. But then Ronald D. Moore was like, no, <laughs> he was like, I know people were going to think it's Jesus, but he's not Jesus. So because guys even sounds a little bit like Jesus. And especially with the long hair and yeah. everything. Um, yeah. I mean, they're certainly... Uh, really amping up this many gods versus one god thing mm. uh, and the many gods being all like ancient Greek and Roman references yeah um, so I, I don't know I mean it, there's definitely a place for biblical conversation in here mm. but yeah I, I think the comparison is more culty than for sure for sure Jesus-y. but wasn't didn't that just start out as a cult anyway essentially yeah. uh, isn't that how all religions start? exactly they all start Ooh. like cults Oh, um, not in like a bad way. It's just like you always start with a small group of followers, right? Yeah, very I dedicated, always, fervent yeah. believers. Yep. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not, not throwing shade on religion. I'm just saying. It's but all if you cults. were to join a cult, would it not be a cult with a blinky Christmas light shrine to Guy's Baltar? Look, I'm truthfully really upset that you didn't get me that for my birthday. <laughs> um, because I think I need a shrine somewhere yeah. in my tiny, tiny room. I think we could find a place for it. Maybe something hanging. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I've got a lot of roof. Cool. Yeah. yeah so well, that's what we're going to do this weekend. Stay tuned yeah. <laughs> for our upcoming shrine. 
Uh, so Starbuck lands her blood spattered ship on Galactica and walks out like nothing happened. I know. It's so funny. It is. And everyone's like staring at her like she's, well, a ghost or a Cylon or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's Apollo who runs up and, and hugs her. Uh, They're very nice in these two episodes. Yes. Um, both of her men are very happy to see her and very ready to believe her. Mm. Um, Adama and Ty are watching from up top. <laughs> this is a great line. Yeah. Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> no. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like so, like not even a minute, not even yeah. a, a pause for a moment. <laughs> and Starbuck, the, her first indication that something is weird apparently is that Sam is in a jock smock. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Uh, she's like everybody's standing around looking at her strangely and she's just like so not even paying attention and then it's yeah, like maybe she's used to people with? looking at her just like slack jawed in awe of how wonderful she is probably yeah uh so nothing new there <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah she once she's like wait what i've been gone for six hours when did you have time to train to be a viper pilot <laughs> um i mean it's a fair question and uh, Adama calls down to her and she's like, hey, boss, I found Earth. What's <laughs> up? Bring out the champagne, which we have a lot of because it's space apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, so much drinking and so many candles again mm-hmm. in these episodes. Yeah. Uh, Adama says she's going to get a full physical from Coddle, which like, I don't know what anybody thinks that's going to prove, but okay. Yes, yeah, uh, Cylon detectors have worked so well in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Which they finally do comment on but not until much later in the episode yeah but then also they're wrong because it did prove that boomer was a cylon well they don't know that guy is they don't know that he lied yeah but when they consider it at this point well very possibly yeah (laughs) Uh, i think it's easier for them to just be like either way like he either he made a test that works and he lies about it or he made a test that didn't work either Mm. way it's not problematic system uh yeah, she thinks she's been gone for six hours and they're like, oh, no, it's been two months. And also your hair is longer than when you left. It <laughs> no, is. One, no one actually says that, though. But I noticed. Yeah. And it's got highlights. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she hit up a nice salon on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Gaius is like, oh, hey, um, you have like this sick kid. I'm praying for him. Uh, and since I'm doing that, maybe you can get me out of here here because i don't want to live in your creepy cult (laughs) he's like you just want to keep me here so like he thinks he's been kidnapped and not rescued yeah and also sixes sexy red oh my god that's just mostly my note from that scene it's so like it's just as sexy as her in like the red dress it's gorgeous it's amazing Mm -hmm. i do love that he's talking to her and they just think he's talking to god yes yeah um, so we we get this line from um, one of the girls whose names I don't know, but uh, who I, I really grow to enjoy her performance. Uh, she says, none of the other ships will have you. <laughs> like, there's no going anywhere for him right now. But yeah, he um, he's talking to Six the way he does, and she f- folds his hands, and it looks like he's praying. <laughs> uh, and yeah, his little fangirl is like... Let's take this opportunity to talk about God while we unbutton our shirts. And Do you feel, feel his God's presence. presence? He feels something. 
<laughs> this is so good. In the podcast, when this scene happens, Ronald D. Moore is just like, he's just so good. <laughs> it's just like basically <laughs> his whole thing. He's like, I just, it's just like, he's just like, it's great. What can't he do, James Callis? Mm-hmm. What can't he do? Uh, I'm, I was confused in this scene about where literally everyone went. Like, are are they in a separate room or did all of those like 50 people just all leave at the same time? I don't know. That was an unhelpful shrug. Mm-hmm. Well, I've sent you enough of those. Mm-hmm. So uh, Starbucks has been tested by Coddle. Uh, she is now sitting in a chair with her both of her feet on the coffee table in a way that just says, still gay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they're, they're like, oh, like. She's like, I'm I'm me. I'm not a Cylon. But again, Coddle doesn't have that technology. <laughs> uh, Rosalind's really not buying it. She wants Starbuck to go like back over her story. And, um, and it's then, not a very believable story. No, but then also like three out of the five people in the room aside from Starbuck are Cylon. Seriously. <laughs> Which is so funny. And f- so fracked yeah. that they're like, well, she it's it's possible she's a Cylon, so we better put her in the brig. And everyone else is just like, yep, guess we got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they go to check out her ship, which uh, looks like it's brand spanking new. Yeah. Uh, and again, we've That's got yes, three Cylons here checking out the ship. <laughs> um, and So a- apparently in an earlier version... Uh, they had Tyrrell finding some like hieroglyphics on it. Uh, and Ronald D. Moore was like, yeah, we thought it was really cool, but we didn't really have any reason why. We just thought it would be cool. And then we thought about it. And we'd have to like develop a whole story and like translate them and everything. And we just thought that was too hard. So we didn't do it. That's really funny. It's great. There's a few of those. It's pretty good. <laughs> but it's such a, it's, it's such a confirmation of their process it's that so we good. already know a lot about. Yeah. Like, what if we just did this cool thing? And yeah. And they're like, well, how much work would it be? Yeah. Which is what they did with a lot of stuff. I think that's kind of a similar story for Head Gaius that mm. he talks about in the podcast as well, where he was like, I just thought it would be so cool. And, and then it he kept was. Like, oh my God. It was amazing. But we'll get there. But um, he was like, I thought it was so cool. So I tried to put it in everything. And then other people were like, maybe it's not that great. Maybe it doesn't make much sense. And he's just like, oh, I guess you're right. And then he stopped. So we're not going to have much head guys in the future. Oh, well, according to Ronald D. Moore. I'm certainly glad we got it here. <sighs> yeah. But not yet. Not yet. We're getting there. We're getting there. So um, Lee Adama is here because he's Lee. Uh, and he gets to be everywhere making every decision <laughs> about everything that has to do with this whole fleet. Um, what In what capacity is he here? Except that he's just Lee Adama. Uh, and this is where they mention like, yeah, we had her tested, but we don't actually have a test. So I guess <laughs> that was a waste of time. Uh, but Lee is there to argue like, hey, we were looking for a road sign. And what if carrot is the road sign? Yes. Which is funny that like Mary, uh, Mary, <laughs> Roslyn is so unwilling to believe. Yeah, she is. She gets very like, no, I can be the only special person with visions i can be the only miracle yeah absolutely and it's like well maybe this is your miracle and they and kara was so supportive of her in her vision it's true but i also don't blame them for thinking she's a cylon because she exploded (laughs) her body exploded (laughs) not at all but look we've we've established that weird shit happens you know it's true Uh, i think it's just gonna get weirder speaking of weird 
Gaius is naked in bed with this girl and just a team of like 20 <laughs> women brings a small child to lay in his lap. <laughs> it's really weird. It's so weird. And he knows it's weird. He's like, are my clothes somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, it's fine. And he's like, is it though? <laughs> uh, yeah, his this sick child is just brought to him. Uh, the kid has viral encephalitis. Uh, and this kid's mom is just like, well, I guess the one true God just doesn't want him to live, which is some extreme level cult belief. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess that that's sort of how some people still behave. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, there isn't at this point, I think anything she can do. So I don't know. Turn to whatever provides you comfort. Um, so, our, we've got a little Cylon meetup group happening aboard Galactica. I love it. Uh-huh. Um, Sam is questioning like what happened when he was trying to shoot and whether maybe it's Cylon programming taken over. And uh, Ty's argument about how like, oh, we're not going to end up like Boomer was because she didn't know what she was at the time, but she like kind of halfway did. And also I think even if you knew you were a Cylon, there could still be like mysterious programming. Absolutely. I think that, yeah, agree. Uh, yeah, I just didn't follow the logic of that, but he seems very convinced. I think he needs to and tell himself that. And then he went that. and he took out a gun and he put it on the table for no, no reason. reason that all? was really weird. Yeah. I also found that strange. And then I, there wasn't even anything in the deleted scenes that made me feel like. And then I was like, Oh, it's that thing in a TV show where like if you see a gun, you're going to see it again later. But when Starbuck has the gun later, it's a different. It's like it's not that gun. So mm. I, it was just there for like dramatic effect, I guess. I think he just is being a dramatic drama. silent. Yeah. Um, so Rosalind goes to uh, visit six mm -hmm. in the break. And They're great together. They are. And I remember um, I think. I think it was on Battlestar Galactic cast w where maybe Mary McDonnell and Trish Helver were talking about how we don't get a lot of scenes with two women on this show. There are a lot of strong ca female characters on this show, but just like a good solid scene with two women we don't see very often. Yeah, you're right. We yeah. get the president and Tori sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. We used to get um, Kat and Starbuck a little bit, but they were mostly yelling at each other. But overall, we see most of our like amazing female characters interacting with other men mm. and um, not... We just don't get scenes like this very often. So this it felt really nice. Yeah, I really liked to it. To see them in a room together. I had love, yeah. hot eyes, smiley face on <laughs> uh yeah and she's asking about like well you were at the opera house and you saw more than i did and also six just knows she's like you want to know if kareth race is one of the f the final five mm -hmm. um and it's this thing like they get into this weird little logic argument of like well i'm not supposed to think about them and rosin's like you're thinking about them right now <laughs> like <laughs> it's that thing where you're like don't think about a white horse mm -hmm. yeah um doesn't seem to get them anywhere, but mm. uh, she does say she can feel them close by, which would indicate that she can sense their presence in the fleet. Well, there are at least four of them. Yeah. Uh, who knows if the fifth one is also lurking. Um, 
it's it seems like her being able to feel them close by is recent as if she couldn't sense them before they were sort of activated mm. but i don't know that's just how kind of how i read it hmm. yeah um gata's real testy oh i put that he's being a bit of a bitch yeah uh yeah he's he's I don't know, had a little attitude since the trial, I feel like. Yeah, he has. I'm liking him less and it makes me sad. Mm. Just probably hasn't been late in a while with mm. uh, Gaius being occupied. He's not in the cult, so. Yes. Mm. I don't know if he'd be allowed in given that he probably stabbed Voltar in the neck. Probably he's their Judas. Yeah, I feel even like. Even though Gaius is not Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he's my Jesus. <laughs> Uh, so he's Gata's being asked to help Starbuck try to find this like star system and Starbuck it seems like it would be a fr- like a few hours in that would be a frustrating process mm. of Starbuck just being like this isn't how I want to do it like <laughs> I, I would probably be annoyed too um, but Halo steps in and tr- tries to calm the waters as he often does uh, and Starbucks like this is a waste of time like it's not I can't just find it on a map like it's a feeling and Adama comes in and is talking to her and it's like we can't go off the the course that we're following and I just I don't understand what I don't understand where they're going like they got to the nebula and it didn't seem like there was any plan after that and now they're like very certain that they're on some sort of road to earth and they keep making all these jumps and I don't understand where that came from. No. I thought they were just trying to get away from the Cylons. Um, It sounded very much like, because Starbuck keeps freaking out that they're going the wrong way and Rosalind's like, we can't stop. We have to keep going. Uh, And where are you, just where are you going? (laughs) Oh, what what did we miss? Yeah. Um, I don't know. And it's like, Adama's like, I can't, I can't afford to trust you on this and it's too like i don't know space magic but like it's all space magic yeah that's true everything that's leading them to earth is like somebody had a vision or a feeling but would you believe it i don't know but it doesn't seem it seems like the logic everyone's trying to put forth right now is like oh we can't just trust you on a vision and a feeling and we don't know who you are and it's like okay but you're trusting Rosalind on a vision and a feeling which she is what Starbucks says later yeah uh yeah they don't they don't know as far as they know there are still five silence I mean Rosalind's the one who keeps having fucking visions with six and Athena yeah. and Hera yeah so no one seems to question that I don't think she's told anyone except six and Athena I don't think she's that advertising sounds exactly it. exactly like what a Cylon would do. Hmm. Curiouser and curiouser. Uh, so Adama and Lee are watching the ship just explode over and over, I guess, mm. to see if they missed something, missed her ejecting or something. Um, Into a perfect Viper that just happened to come by. Sure. Everything checks out. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Yes. Do you remember like a few weeks ago, maybe even it was more than that, when we had this whole big thing because they needed people to stay and do what they had to do to make the fleet the best fleet that it could be and they had to be factory workers. And then other people had to be drafted into doing cleaning and factory work because that was what they could do and they had to do what they had to do. That was the whole thing. Um, so 
Question. Why does... Yes, Lisa. Thank you. Uh, why does Leodama get to change his career when he's one of the only pilots in the whole civilization? Oh, because he's Leodama. Oh, I see. Okay. And he gets to be a Viper pilot and he gets to be a lawyer and he gets to be a government boy now. Okay. Is this white privilege? I think it might be. Okay. Which again, like uh, we kind of had this conversation last time about how these issues don't really exist within this universe, but it's just, honestly, I feel like they're just not addressed. They're choosing not to address these issues within this universe, but we don't have any evidence that they don't exist. Like that's true. We could call it, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm going to remember. I'm going to hate myself. Like when you promote people from nepotism, nepotism, I think we could call it nepotism. We could call it nepotism, but also like, I don't know. We don't see gay. We don't see queer people in this universe. We don't see trans people I mean, in this universe. We don't we see d- enough people of color in positions of power in this universe. Like there could be factors at play here that they're just not addressing. Well, we saw Simon this week, but then he just got shot. That was it. Well, there are other Simons and presumably everybody who got shot will resurrect. But it was nice to see him. I mean, but he didn't even talk. The he had like one did. line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. And that's all like what it is. And I think that's more an issue of like the casting and, and the, the way they make the show and the time period and all that. Um, yeah. But it's still, I don't think it's fair to say that this is a universe that's free of racism and sexism and all of that. No, but yeah. And I think occasionally they address it. They do. Yeah. I, I like... I like how they portray a universe where it's like, no, there is more equality here. But also just from what we see, I don't know how true that is. That's my point. Okay. So we find out that Rosalind is staying with Adama while... They're roommates. They're bunking up while she finishes her like cancer treatment. Them being my roommates. Them being my roommates. Oh my God, if only... Them being roommates is just one of my favorite things in the world. And the scene with them, which I think is next episode, yeah, is amazing. Such a good, mm-hmm. such a good scene. I could watch the two of them in a room doing nothing we forever. Should, that should just have been a television show. Yep. Would have been fine with that. Yeah. Uh, Lee asks Adama, like, hey, if this was Zach, if Zach had been a Cylon the whole time, which questionable because you grew up together. Mm. Um, but like, would it change how we I, felt about him? Yeah, I don't think it's the point. The point no, is like, exactly. Um, the point is if Kara is your daughter, she's your daughter. Yes. Uh, Lee is annoying all the time, but he keeps making some pretty good points. It's true. He is better now that he's not a pilot somehow. I don't know how. Maybe it's a green sweater. <laughs> I do like him in that sweater. He looks mm. sharp. Does. So, uh, Gaius starts like very genuinely praying. It does seem sincere, doesn't it? Yeah. And I was really confused. I'm like, am I just so like, am I in his coven and just very <laughs> convinced by him? But I think that he is um, genuine. Yeah. I mean, it's almost more of like confession, like under the guise of, oh, I'm praying for this child. But he's like, I have like I've sinned so much and I've killed people and all of this stuff. Uh, So it seems Mm. like he's going through, I don't know, confronting some of what he's done, which seems a bit unguised like. But uh, he does say just one last time. And I'm like, you say that. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I, they didn't give a lot of. 
I don't know the reason why this moment happens. It just, I think he, maybe he actually is moved that mm. this child is dying and is moved by the fact that maybe that's not fair. Mm. Uh, I mean, it seems bizarre, but sure. Yeah. I don't know. He's witnessed enough at this point that I feel like he should believe in something. Yeah. yeah. Like six has given him so much knowledge and chances mm. and everything that I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe, maybe at this point he is becoming a, some sort of true believer. Maybe. Uh, but the prayer seems very genuine. Everyone kind of wakes up and is listening and he asks like, you know, take me instead. Uh, and then I guess, I guess this is like the next morning. Um, this one follower takes him to the bathroom. She's great. Ronald I love Moore, this actor. Yeah. Ronald Dean Moore actually called her out as just such a spark. And he's like her face when she goes in, you're like, Oh, but what are they going to do there? Yeah. And just somehow everything she says it like sounds almost sarcastic, but kind of not like yeah. she just has very interesting delivery and she's like very engaging mm. all the time. Uh, I'm into it. She's really excited about shaving Gaius' face mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with a straight razor because no safety razors, I guess, in the space apocalypse. Uh, it's like nice of them to bring their own weapon for when they get attacked. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this guy who we've kind of seen skulking around in the background um, throughout the episode comes in and is like, oh, hey, hey, Mr. President, what's up? Like, and Gaius just can't not engage and walk away. <laughs> Um, and they start talking about the little boy that he met and he's like, oh yeah, little red kid, redhead kid, right? How is he? He's like, oh, he's dead. Yeah. yeah. Saw that coming. Yeah. Pretty obvious. Um, the thing I don't like about this scene is that they start strangling the girl. Yeah. Well, Why? I think, uh, I think that is for us to like, I think they unquestionably want us as viewers to at this point be on Gaius's side. Uh, and show that these these guys are going way too far because maybe just attacking Gaius, we would be like, I don't know, kind of has it come in c like kind of kind of can't argue. Fair but enough. the fact that they attack the girl, too, is like, oh, these are not good guys like that. They've, they're taking this way. <laughs> Thank too you far. for the hand gesture. You're welcome to indicate that that's the case. Bad men. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And six shows up again and is like, did you really mean it? And he's like, yes, I meant it. Kill me. And then uh, I got it. We have to look up this character's name, um, but she escapes and she picks up some kind of pipe or something and starts beating the crap out of this yes, guy. That was my next note was like, yes. Yeah. A little too enthusiastically, perhaps. Oh, look, but fine. who can blame her? No, not me. She, she just almost got killed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they're walking away and Gaius is like, just like fully bleeding from the neck. And she's just ecstatic she's like <laughs> i felt the one true god coursing through me and giving me the power to smite them <laughs> like she's amazing i love it on the page i feel like that character could have been really boring and she she makes great choices she did uh, i hope we see more of her yeah, yeah 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 me too um so they come in and guys is you know looks like he almost just got murdered which he did um but they're like oh hey derek's okay now and the the fever went away and he's fine he's sitting up and eating soup yeah uh he still kind of looks like a little demon child i feel like like he's the kid that you would cast in angel when there was that literal demon child mm, sure yeah. yeah and starbucks in the candle hallway 
and no one took her picture down it's been which like she's a pretty minute. upset about it's been like a minute yeah she like she just got back i sure. feel like uh, i think that's what sam's basically saying yeah and then over identifying a great deal with her situation a mm, little bit um so i guess the situation she's in just in terms of like on galactica is maybe she can wander around wherever she wants but she has guards always like it I wasn't sure why she oh, was yeah. there. She was in prison a minute ago. Yeah. Maybe oh. they were transporting her from one location no, to another. No, she wasn't in prison. That's later, isn't it? Uh, It's unclear. She definitely, there are guards with her making sure nothing happens unsuccessfully. Okay. Um, But yeah, she kind of does this thing where she starts coming up with like fan theories for her own character. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like when, it's really I, good. when I was on the whatever on caprica they grew another me in a petri dish and she planted the memory excellently though she does she's she had to do a lot in these episodes she does a lot in these episodes and she does do it well she um um, posted something recently somebody asked like who's your favorite character to play and she said whoever from the show longmire that i haven't watched much of um she's like not starbucks starbucks was exhausting (laughs) (laughs) Like, I get it. Uh, but she does an amazing job. Yeah, she does. It was like this. She was crazy in this episode. Yes. But like in, like in these episodes, it must have been a lot. A lot of work. Put her through a lot. Uh, but yeah, Sam is like, hey, I don't know. Maybe if you were a Cylon, it wouldn't be so bad. Maybe if like I found out you had been a Cylon this whole time, <laughs> I would forgive you and still love you. And she's like, no, I'd shoot you in the face. <laughs> It's such a great line, and it's so Starbuck. It's perfect. Yeah, the scene is longer in um mm. in the deleted scenes. There's, the deleted scenes are really hard. Oh, there's another scene actually earlier. The deleted scenes are hard because a lot of the deleted scenes are just like really um, extended versions of other scenes. So I found it hard to distinguish what was extra, which is probably oh, why see. they cut it. Yeah. Um, but one of the scenes in this episode is she goes and meets Athena and Hera. Um, and she talks to her and apologizes to her for calling her toaster to Hilo. Hmm. Um, and then Athena's like, well, I'm going to be watching you the most closely because I know what Cylons are like and I know how manipulative they are. So she's like so wow. unsupportive in return, which is a really interesting scene. And I'm sorry. Very interesting. It. Yeah. Just uh, sometimes the stuff they cut would have changed like the whole tone of the show. Yeah, and it's absolutely. fascinating to me. Uh, but yeah, she's like losing it. And she's like, I got, like they jump again. I think she's like, I got to go find the president. Um, and Sam's like, you can't do that, which don't tell Starbuck what she can't do. A hundred percent. She yes. going to punch everybody out until she can do it. Yeah. And that's what she does. That's true. Um, she keeps asking like, where is the president? And Sam doesn't tell her and she knocks him out too. And she has <laughs> this great moment where she just kind of takes a beat of like, Oh, did I really just do that? Yeah, I guess I did. Like, <laughs> All right. Um, but then she figures out somehow that Rosalind is in Adama's quarters. So I don't know if she punched some other people until they told her or what. I mean, it doesn't seem like it, but maybe she assumed. I'm unsure. And it's just, she was asking a lot and Mm. then she just showed up there. I don't know. Uh, and Rosalind's in 
kind of a stupor, ha- presumably having just gotten her cancer treatment and kind of wakes up to this image of Starbuck emerging from a cloud. It's of good. I like that they whatever, show her knockout POV. gas. Yeah. No, but also, um, you know, she, she doesn't have her glasses on. So. Right. Yeah. So just every she she can't have much idea of what's going on. Mm. Um, yeah. Starbuck puts a gun right in her face and then it's to be continued. Yes. A um, couple more things about this episode from the podcast that I did not mention. Uh, the Viper will play an interesting and pivotal role in this season, according mm. to Ronald D. Moore. And he said the end is nigh. He's very sad about the fourth season. Um, and that this the podcast this season were recorded like halfway. Th- he just did the first one like halfway through the season. So it's like a bit oh, of a interesting. Different, different vibe of podcast because usually he would record like right after he'd just done the show. So yeah. Uh, so that's episode one. Let's take a quick pee break here. I think we should. Welcome to Intermission. Welcome back <laughs> to maybe another episode of Beers, Beats and Battlestar Galactica or potentially a really long episode of Battlestar Galactica, in which case you probably aren't Maybe you my needed voice. a pee break too. Yeah, we are talking about the second episode of the fourth season and we really just needed to, you know, eat half a tub of ice cream. As you do. Go to the bathroom. When it's a very hot day in May. Turn the air conditioner on for a little minute. Um, yeah, so we're back. We're back with uh, season four, episode two, six of one. That's yep. a lot of numbers that I just said. Lots of numbers. So this one was written by Michael and Jelly uh, and directed by Anthony Hemingway, who this is his only episode of Battlestar Galactica. Is he a relation of Ernest Hemingway? I didn't. I didn't get that from the internet. Uh, I did see that. I think he directed some stuff on the wire and some other stuff. Cool. But I've heard of it. One, one and only episode for Anthony Hemingway. And what an episode. It's solid. Uh, yeah, let's jump right on in. So Hilo and Ty are running with a team to Adama's quarters to save Rosalind because I guess they've all put together that that's where Starbuck is headed. And I, at first I was like, how do they know? And then I was like, oh, yeah, the three bodies in the hallway. Right. And then I am I I think possibly more bodies as she goes. Well, they do talk about it later and they say two people in the hospital wing. Okay. Right. Which I assume is the other two and not Anders who maybe she went a little light on. Well, and that. she definitely, there were those two, there was Anders, and then she knocked some people out with gas also who were guarding. Well, that was humane. <laughs> you know? A nice you think they're fine? It. They just woke up and they're a little well, groggy. Just happy guys. Yeah, they're probably having a they great didn't, time. They didn't get punched. And Rosalind's still kind of in a stupor, and Starbuck is barking orders at her, um, and shuts the door, and is basically just like, "Are you the only one who's allowed to have vision?" I think this is great that yeah. she calls her out. I also, it's funny. Like, I don't know if this was um, because they intentionally did it, but I, I actually noticed for the first time. The picture of uh, Dharma and Rosalind on the wall, and I was like writing a note about how I thought it was so cute that there was a picture of them, and then it like is the thing that gets shot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> was like very oh, strategically that's such, placed. Such a cute picture in the background, and then boom. Yeah, interesting. But when did they take that? 
I have this question. They always seem to have photos just readily available. I wondered if it was when she gave him the Admiral title. Maybe. And they like had a photo together. I mean, they have enough ships in the fleet that there could be people who can develop photos. Yeah, who knows? Or print them out or whatever. Space mysteries. (laughs) So many space mysteries. Anyway, I do like that she calls Rosalind out. She does. She's like, I want to hate you. I went all the way back to Caprica and got your stupid arrow and almost died. (laughs) And there were a million toasters and Fracchio. Speaking of going back to Caprica, I'm going to throw this in here now because you mentioned the arrow. Uh, apparently in the initial write of these two episodes, and I can't remember which one it's in, but I feel like it's this one. Uh, they were going to put Starbuck in the cell with six and redo a fight scene such as the one on Caprica. I know. And then Ronald D. Moore was like, and then we realized that we really just wanted that scene because we wanted to see them fight again because they were so good last time. (laughs) And it didn't really further the plot. So we took it out. Like fair, but But also also I missed that. Yeah. They were just, they have good fight chemistry. Mm -hmm. Fight chemistry. It's very, it's very similar. It's very similar kind of chemistry. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. You get all physical and sweaty Mm -hmm. and there's grunting, you know. Uh, Yeah, she Starbuck has this kind of confusing monologue in the middle of this about like, I have friends on this ship and I've fracked up a lot of stuff, but it's all I have. Like, like, yeah, cool. But I feel like that's less related to the point at hand. I feel like there's another scene in the first episode. Oh, that is one of those weird scenes is a bit more extended where she and the Dharma are talking about that. So it probably makes a little bit more sense. Well, maybe there's some context that I missed. Yeah. But Starbuck gives her the gun and is like, if you think I'm a Cylon, that means I'm your enemy. Shoot your enemy. Um, and she does it. Yeah. But she closes her eyes when she shoots, which, you know. Well, originally they were going to have the safety gun uh, falter, but it looked... Uh, Mary McDonald thought it would kind of make Rosalind look a bit silly and it did kind of come across that way. And so they finally decided that because the the thing that Ronald D. Moore wanted to express was divine intervention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he thinks that that was more effective or it was equally as effective this way, but like gave Mary McDonald's character a bit more, I don't know, less stupid looking. Yeah. And I, I think it's like very dramatic that she actually fires the gun. Mm. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. And she she misses and Ty and everybody come in and take Starbuck down and cuff her. And she's basically like, you're going to have to kill me because I'm never going to stop doing this until yep. you let me go find Earth. I feel like I've heard that before from another character, basically. Like from President Rosalind? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Starbuck keeps saying like, Oh, one more jump and I'll lose it completely. But she said that like five times now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's not an exact science, I guess, when you're trying to hold on to your feeling about where a planet is. I mean, we've all been there. We, who, ha- who among <laughs> us has not? Uh, so do we lose people? We have 39,676. And previously we had a few more than that. So we lost like... A dozen people or so. Mm. Interesting. Sorry, guys. Nice knowing you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't know if those uh, two guys got killed by that. Um, our favorite girl who 
beat them up. Mm, I feel like they would have mentioned like two people in the hospital and also two people dead. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we're back on the Cylon ship. It's so exciting. I got so excited. Once I, when I heard, heard that music. music. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. The beautiful like piano music. It's amazing. I am so excited. Now I do have a little factoid from the podcast. The six that we see when we enter this scene with the amazing hair, which I have called on a couple of times, uh, they call her Natalie. Yes. So I read about this on the wiki, which she's not named in this episode, but apparently Trisha Helfer had leaked at some point before this season, like, oh, there's going to be another six called Natalie. Oh, I didn't know if it was actually going to be the character's official name or if that's just what they referred to her. No, I think she has... Well, I don't know. I like we'll we'll find out as we watch. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't remember, but yeah, we can call her Natalie for. I mean, just the purposes said it on of the keeping podcast. everyone for sure straight. Yeah. yeah, he basically said, "Oh, we've been calling her Nat- Natalie on set." He didn't really say anything more than that. Um, uh, yeah, she does have good hair, and uh, I really like Natalie's hair. Yeah. Um, and Trisha Helfer has talked about how the the super bleached white hair actually made her hair fall out. So mm. she's probably really happy to have it more at a natural color. Yeah. I think that happens a lot. Um, and then this whole first scene um, with like Boomer dancing naked is also pretty great. Yeah. It's, it does somehow really creep me out that she's like dancing for Cavill. Yeah. So another deleted scene Um and also this scene was originally like three scenes and they kind of mesh them all together. Uh, but there's a scene that is in the deleted scenes, which is Boomer coming in and talking to the three of them, like Natalie and and then the other two who have decided that they, you know, that side of the fight. Right. <laughs> Forgetting names. Uh, but she comes in and says that... Um, uh, that she and she comes in and Natalie's like, oh, you're in love with him, and Boomer's like, yes. And then they're all like, well, love is very powerful because they're those Cylons who are like, <laughs> love, love. Um, but the yeah. eye roll, the eye roll on you. Sorry, <laughs> can't help it. <laughs> but the whole story is that actually, like, he seduced her basically into it, and she says in the scene and the deleted scene, she says, Cavill makes me feel safe, um, and. It's just like for me in this current climate made me really think of like white women who go for these like powerful, I'm air quoting there, uh, conservative men because they want to feel safe. I don't know. It was just really interesting in this current political climate. I, I don't know if I'm pulling there. Th- themes here that I, but it's just like the first thing I thought of. There is something about like, Oh, yeah, I may not agree with his opinions, but he makes me feel good. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yeah, I don't mind. I like to be protected, you know, at at what cost. It doesn't really. Mm. So anyway, so that's what that's about. Interesting. There's something that feels really creepy about it, but I think it's supposed to be a young woman and he is a very old, gross old man, which doesn't. I mean, in the in the show, they're like they're essentially immortal. Yeah. Yeah. But in the visual of it it's an old white man and a young asian woman yeah and he he gets creepier and creepier throughout this episode anyway um, but then he gets shot so yep so um it's this six natalie and uh leo ben and another sharon come in and they're talking about how 
um, the uh, the hybrid has been babbling uh, and the line that the hybrid keeps repeating is they will not harm their own. And they have taken this along with um, what happened with the Raiders to think that the final five are in the civilian fleet mm. or in the human fleet rather. Uh, and Cavill is very strict about like, we don't talk about the five. This is forbidden. This is wrong. Uh, and he has this, like, it's, it's weird. This monologue of like, oh, every Leoban has this nose and every six has this chin and every, like all the eights have those breasts and all of, which is, yeah, especially, yeah. All, ev- all the cowls have like this brain, like yeah. just what he chooses to highlight. Oh, it's so, ugh. yeah, it's gross. Mm. Uh, but he seems to indicate that, like, just talking about the final five is a threat to their survival. Um, yeah, which is really strange. It's a really strong take. Yeah. And he doesn't say, like, why, but it's interesting that it's it's to that level. We haven't seen any man-on-man action with the Cylons, come to think of it. No, we Sad. have not. Uh, no, not, not a lot of man-on-man in this universe in general. And even the only glimpse of something a little gay we honestly got was the Cylon threesome with Gaius and that seemed very like we're both here to be with Gaius yeah no I don't think that's true I think they were very into each other maybe it's just what they showed us Mm. it was always Gaius in the middle but no maybe you're right but that was more about them both being Cylons and him being well human I guess anyway not enough gays in space on the human side or the Cylon side is the point here Mm -hmm more gaze in space so cavill wants to essentially lobotomize the raiders so Mm. they can order them to attack the fleet and like they won't have the free will or the desire to be like no we don't want to uh and he's really really unwilling to hear any arguments against this yeah yeah why not take away people's yeah it is it's a really interesting way that Cylon society has kind of emerged though because that was sort of the whole thing with the humans and the Cylons initially is the humans created these robots to like yeah. make lives easier and then they rebelled and now the Cylons are having that whole process again within themselves just because some of them look human and some of them don't it's very interesting to me yes so that is all very interesting and I think one thing that is called out or that I wrote somewhere was the kind of reference to slavery that happens. I think that's particularly to do with the centurions um, and giving them the, I guess, the right to have reasons. So I think there is some kind of like slavery element to this whole society that is being toyed with slightly. Yeah, I think um, so. I feel like it was mentioned in the podcast, but... And it's a question of like, uh, I don't know who sort of has a soul or who has higher brain functioning or like Mm. what, at what point are you considered like a valid member of society? And at what point are you just like a tool? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I kind of consider it like this and it's a really crude thing, but like, they're kind of like the horses or like the cows, the raiders are, it seems. Yeah, well, or I like mean... The horses, let's say horses, because like they're deemed, you know, more intelligent. Sharon was like, treat the raider like a pet. Mm. That was the thing that happened. Yeah. Mm. 
but it seems like they actually are capable of more higher reasoning than that. Yeah, but so are some animals. Also completely true. Yep. Yeah. So they're having another little uh, meeting of the secret Cylons. Uh, and Ty's argument for what's happening with Starbuck is basically like, we can't call attention to ourselves or we'll be killed. And Star- all Starbuck is doing is calling attention to herself. So if she's one of us, she's she's not following the game plan. <laughs> like, uh, But they do know that there's one other... They don't know who it is. Mm. They feel like Gaius might know. And then Ty is like, hey, Tori, I noticed you're a woman. This is so bad. It's really creepy. And so in the first right of this, it was supposed to be Tori who actually went and did this on her own. And then they decided that um, that they would have them make her do it. And it just adds a whole icky horrible element and then i'm still unsure why she's crying then uh i mean yeah we can talk about that scene maybe more when we get to it with the crying yeah sorry i'm jumping ahead but like it's just yeah so i just don't know why that decision he didn't really offer much about why that decision was made i think that that what they wanted to make it is more of a mission like a clear mission yeah and and they did They did have Ty say, you don't have to get on your back for him. Like, I think the idea was that she would flirt with him to try to get information out of him. And it seems like like she's suitably annoyed. And then it seems like later she's making the decisions for herself and not like for the team. But just the proposition in and of itself was really gross. Yeah. And then it really pulls to our attention that this is like three men and a woman. Yes. And actually, it seems like what of the how many do we know is seven on the other planet? Three women. No, four women and three men. Mm. No, no. Four men and three women. Yes. Uh, Yeah. And then three men and one woman. So we're now more heavily skewed towards male Cylons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've... How many do we know? We know 11. 11? Yeah. And seven are men. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, we have a scene where Adama visits Starbuck in the brig. uh, And they have a nasty little fight. It's horrible and sad. Um, It's also, there's an extended scene of that as well. And she talks about clarity. I don't know if she talked about that in the original one. It was, again, one of those ones where I was like, I can't remember which part was in it and which part wasn't. Right. But I do remember her calling him the president's wet nurse. Yes, that's true. And then he is violent with her, which I yeah. don't like. I have just like a little sad face in my notes. That's it. It's all... There's there's a lot happening here that's mm. kind of disturbing to watch. Yep. Uh, and her response to that is, nice to know you still care. <laughs> yeah. Classic uh, style I, Yeah, I mean, she knows how to get under his skin for sure, but that reaction was really extreme. Mm. Uh, and then they jump again, maybe, and she's just still screaming like you're going the wrong way. Or maybe that wasn't a jump. It was just... No, I think they jump again. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. I can't remember, but yeah. Anyway. It happens a few times in this she's episode. She's very, very upset. Mm-hmm. Exhausting. Uh, yeah. Exhausting character, Starbuck. Even on a good day. And this is a bad day. So the Cylons have a vote uh, and they have only six 
kinds of Cylons now. So if it's a tie, there's no more Deanna to cast the tie-breaking vote. Uh, you know whose side she would have been on, though. Yeah, she's all about that free will, and she's mm-hmm. all about those final five. That was her whole mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like Cavill... Did they have a vote about boxing Deanna? They did. They talked about it. Mm. It wasn't just Cavill, but he took extra pleasure in Mm -hmm. boxing her. So uh, it seems like it's a tie and there's nothing to be done. But then Boomer comes out and is like, I'm different than all the other eights, which she kind of is. But it's a big deal in the Cylon world. No one votes outside their number. Mm. There's no precedent for this. Mm -mm. It's also just a really interesting argument because like it came to my mind like brave new world came to my mind about like modifying genes and people's place in society but then like you know ivf and like changing people's genetic code to like give them a certain color eye or a certain color hair or whatever i think it's an interesting thing in terms of what they're doing with uh mm-hmm. raiders in this their whole conversation is like you're messing with God's creation obviously is the way that they put it but it's like I guess they feel like he's overstepping the limitations which like you know that's something that happens a lot with humans of when people think that uh, by taking some kinds of measures you're going against the not the will of God necessarily although a lot of people will make that argument but like going against nature Hmm. well I think in general lobotomizing is bad Oh, yeah, lobotomizing is bad. But, like, I think that the broader argument they're talking about is going beyond the scope of that. It's like, well, what do we... Yeah. Where do you draw the line? Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, And this Natalie Six uh, says, I'll pray for you. Yeah, it's great. Uh, It's such a burn. It is weirdly (laughs) in the Cylon verse. And I, I think Cavill is famously the least religious of the Cylons. Yes. Uh, anyway, you know what would be fun to talk about? The babe that takes off her shirt in strip poker the just as we who is roll in. racetrack? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I always get people confused. But <laughs> I didn't even know who it was. I just was like, okay, cool. Nope. That's great. That is racetrack stripping down. Hot dogs already shirtless. It's great. Yeah. It's a fun little scene. Uh, there's some sort of, I guess, tradition where they go and get special shot glasses in a very special case. And a green drink, and they drink all of yeah, them. Yeah, I think that's the ambrosia. Um, and which they they pour six shots, and they only do five toasts. Well, so I'm curious what the final toast was. Interesting. Supposed to be. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, the toasts. I if it was um a wackier night here at Beers Beats BSG, I would say we should do all of these and drink, but I don't think that's going to happen tonight. <laughs> I just yawned as Kaylee was saying that. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I would. We can do it at the end of the season, perhaps. I think we should. All right, let's. Um, Maybe not make at a the note of beginning that. of the episode, <laughs> but I definitely don't want to drink anything that's that color. Anyway, you don't want absinthe, chartreuse, nothing like that. I don't. Um, I don't have want you that. ever gone to see Drunk Shakespeare? No. The premise is basically. I know of it. Well, you can tell. Well, I can tell our listeners. Basically, they choose a Shakespeare play and then one person gets picked out of a hat 
and they have to have like i don't know some ridiculous amount of alcohol like five shots or something and they keep drinking throughout while everybody else is not drinking and i think the night that i went the chick who got drawn had been drawn for the previous show also. Oh, God. <laughs> Poor thing. But it was a good time. They don't do, like, the proper... Uh, like, it's it's interesting. We should go sometime. It's not expensive. I would love that. Also, I feel like I'm up to the challenge of doing Shakespeare while drunk. Well, that's a bonus episode, I guess. <laughs> uh, so there's a bunch of toasts. There's just one of them It's to our sweethearts when somebody laughs so hard. <laughs> There's just like a woman in the background just losing it. And I'm wondering if that was some, something else was happening on set. It's a r- interesting little moment. I think in that moment, I was just like, oh, Dee's not there. Dee was not there. Yeah. But she shows up later. She does. And it's beautiful. But it I didn't know her presence. Her lack of presence was. Nice. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go and get drunk and play strip poker. If my ex-husband was being honored, you know. Uh, and then Adama is back in his quarters with his busted several hundred thousand dollar antique mm-hmm. ship prop. And he's feeling more feelings. He's got his little Angel. goddess of the dawn statue. So another missed scene. <laughs> uh, in the... Second episode, deleted scene. Sorry, my notes are all over the place. Apollo has that. And when he goes and visits Kara and he gives it to her to hold on to. Interesting. And so I think the story was, and like, I honestly, like I was working and trying to get through the deleted scenes at the same time. So I wasn't paying super close attention. But I think that the, like his dad had given it to him on like just after this or whenever they see each other next. And then it was like the only thing that like hadn't that he had to give or something. And then he gives it to Starbuck and says, mm. um, I don't know, you hold on to it for me or something, which is interesting. Curious. Maybe not realizing that she'd given it to him. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, at any rate in the episode, we only see that Adama has it. Yeah. So it's weird. Uh, and then there's a scene in a cafeteria that I'm very ready to talk about. Okay. So we got... Tell me more. We got Baltar and his ladies. And a great scarf to cover up his... An amazing... But it's also wound. like Gaius Baltar's retirement look, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and Tori's there. It looks like they're all eating delicious algae, which I respect the continuity. However, there's also a fresh apple and where... <laughs> Is there a ship with an orchard? Seriously? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but Tori is kind of spying on Baltar and it seems like maybe she's doing it badly on purpose. So he will come over and talk to her, mm. uh, which works. And he sits down and he starts talking to her. And I guess who shows up? It, my favorite character. Head Gaius. He's so good. But Head Gaius has never been as good as when he's talking to regular Gaius. No. He's so good. And them talking to each other and their facial expressions. And Ronald D. Moore was even like, he was like, I loved giving James a chance to show off because he was perfect. Because they do it like they 
obviously film one and he does it and film right. the other and there's no one sitting there so he's like making this eye contact with like the air but it looks like they're directly looking it's, at each other it's brilliant it's like one of the best things i saw in my life i just i don't even have notes i just have big capital oh my god gaius head gaius and then i just didn't write anything because i was just so drawn into it yeah i i told you there was a a scene that was just for you yeah in episode two yeah and i was like it was it the naked dancing of boomer that feels like it was great but like also kind of creepy and then when this happened i was like oh this has to be it yeah it's magical and his reaction he says oh my giddy aunt that's an expression have you never heard that before i like not really apparently it's something that's very associated with one of the doctor who one of one of the doctors in one of the seasons ah that would actually make a lot of sense because i heard that a lot growing up Mm. uh and my dad's a big old nerd but i don't know if he said it or if it was just around me i feel like it's a bit more british but i feel like oh my giddy aunt is something it's definitely not a thing that americans say um but it's also along the lines of like butterfingers that it's just such a ridiculous thing Mm. to come out of guys balter's mouth it's great yes yeah oh my giddy aunt is something i definitely heard a lot growing up oh it's delightful uh so he's like sort of he's real distracted at head gaius and head gaius is like nope nope talk to tori uh (laughs) try to ignore me um and he gets into this thing about music and it's like an orchestra tuning up and then it all comes into and then it's beautiful and it, it sounds a lot like what Tori and the other new silence were experiencing it does hearing the music it's, but it's not it's it I don't know I don't think it's meant to I be I don't yeah but it just it seemed like Is kind it, of a weird random monologue for Gaius that just happened to really resonate with Tori so uh-huh. much that she had to leave the room yeah yeah it's interesting uh but I'm glad she left the room because then we just have Gaius and Gaius. And mm-hmm. I love that he's like, well, you're you're me or are you six? And I really like the idea of <laughs> six masquerading as Gaius. That's just fun in my head. It's such a great scene. And that suit is great. And the two of them like, oh, do you like Tori? Like, oh, she's a sexy lady. She's hot. And oh, you slay me. And, oh <laughs> uh, they do call Tori fragile, which I just hate so much mm-hmm. i don't like when men prey on women because they're fragile no it's not great but so not, let's be real not a good guys type i mean kind of yeah uh, i honestly know though because guys's type is everyone. very much six and also everyone he Gaius likes a woman who is super strong and tells him exactly what to do he loves that he loves everything he's a switch yeah he's definitely a switch <laughs> So this scene, this episode is so good. This scene <laughs> with Rosalind and Adama having their like married couple argument. Uh, yes. Also another scene where I only have one note, uh, which is Admiral Atheist, which oh, I think a is a note. great note. Yes. Uh, this is one of Ronald D. Moore's favorite scenes in like the whole thing. Yeah. So I think the Twitter account Space Parents just posted something about like what there are four choices of which is uh Rosalind and Adama's best argument and this mm. was one of the one of the four. I'm not sure who won, but um it's it's up there as one of their best scenes of it's all so time. So good. 
uh, she's like on him for drinking too much. And uh, they're talking about what to do with Starbuck. And she goes, oh, what are you going to do? Hire Romo Lampkin and <laughs> have another trial. And I just love that she says Romo Lampkin with the same disdain that I say it. <laughs> uh, she's like, you got to keep waltzing or you got to sit out. I just everything, everything out of her mouth is perfect. Mm. And I just I never want to stop watching them talk. They're yeah, we're going to do a spin-off series. Yeah, yeah, let's call them up. Yeah, we're ready for it. Um, she's like talking about how the Deluxin messed with her aim and that's why she she didn't shoot Starbuck, but she would have and Adama's like, oh, maybe it was doubt and they get into this whole thing about how Rosalind's dying and Adama can't think about it and it's he's experienced too much loss and that's why she thinks he... Is, wa- is wanting to believe Kara and wanting as Admiral Atheist to believe in miracles because he doesn't want to lose her again. Which is very sweet it and is. probably also true. I mean, it really cut to each other's core and this whole thing. They they really did. To And he has this great line of like, mm. you can stay in the room, but get out of my head. Yeah. Which says to me, like, it's an, ad- it's an admission that she got in his head and mm-hmm. she is reading him right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Apparently, what was I going to say? Oh, Ronald D. Moore was talking about this scene and that it just couldn't have been done earlier than this moment. It was like the perfect time for like this kind of scene to happen. Absolutely. And she's she's calling him out for like being afraid to live alone. And he says, you're afraid to die that way. And maybe you're not special and your death will be meaningless just like the rest of us. It's very, very oh, it's harsh. brutal. Yeah. It's but this so is good, what they so are, brutal. though. They're, they're always, like, throwing punches at each other. and They're both yeah. so strong. Mm. Um, and sometimes that strength th- gets pitted against each other. Yeah. And he leaves, and then she runs her fingers through her hair and pulls... It's such a beautiful moment, but out. so sad. Also, there's a story about Mary McDonald doing this, and, like, they put too much fake hair into her hair for her to pull out, and she just pulled out this giant clump of hair and the whole crew started cracking up so i think that was when that scene took place okay that's hilarious (sighs) all right so uh liadama is now on i think the quorum of 12 sure after a career of one day in politics he seems qualified to me (laughs) uh he's nominated by tom zarek and starbucks like come on (laughs) (laughs) um and he starts talking about like, oh, you know, I was thinking about your destiny because I feel like this is my destiny and just everyone's got a destiny now, yeah. I guess. It's not just Kara Thrace and a special destiny anymore. Nope. But it's still a band name t-shirt that I need to have. Yes, please send yes. us band t-shirts. And they do this like, oh, best of luck to you, sir, handshake moment. And he goes to leave and she calls him back and they have like a really very genuinely sweet It is actually kiss. nice. Like yeah. I've fucking hate them together but it was very tender and beautiful and i was like i want someone to love me like that i know Um, yeah it was actually yeah it was a beautiful moment uh and less guilty for lee now that d has left him uh he could just kind of be there with her without feeling all the weight of that guilt uh so he goes in like the what is that the ready room i don't know where He's usually. It's really cute when Border uh, Boom is taking him. She's like so cute and like he. It is cute, you. but we did we get this moment where he's like reminiscing with voiceovers, and it's like 
kind of cheesy. Oh, yeah. I didn't even write about that. Even, I, even for this show, which occasionally is cheesy. It's yeah. kind of cheesy. This was this was a lot. Yeah. At first, I thought he was watching a video. And then I realized it was like yeah, no, his memories. No. Incorrect. It's a TV choice that feels a lot like a TV choice. Maybe it's why the second episode didn't get an Emmy. Well. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> they both deserve it. It was for visual effects. So. Okay. <laughs> well. Uh, yeah, Not so auditory effects? Okay, sure. Athena brings him auditory? in. Auditory? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I don't think that moment was worthy of much no. of anything. Uh, but Athena brings him in and everybody's there to salute him and that like the pipey music is back. I uh, don't like this scene, although I do like that D gives him the award. Yes. It's just a little much considering he kind of just fracked everybody over and like everyone was really mad at him. And now they're during being, the trial and yeah. it's been like two days. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's an ups and downs kind of universe. Yeah. And so this doesn't mean, because like initially when I watched this, I was like, does this mean Apollo's like leaving? Um, but I don't think we're so lucky because then <laughs> Ronald D. Moore was like, oh, and now it's going to do a really interesting thing for his character arc. I'm like, great. Yeah, well, great. We shall see. Um, yeah, everyone's saluting. D gives him like these, the his wings framed and it, they have a really nice moment. Uh, I do like a that. very honest moment. Um, and then and he's like, I guess you get to keep the house. Was I was like, line. nice. It's all fine. Nice. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's been sitting on that one. Yeah. <laughs> and she, there's something about her eyes in this scene. She's just so stunning. Oh my God. In every scene. Yes. She's gorgeous. But she's just looking at him very like wide eyed and noble and it's beautiful. Mm. Uh, I did notice that Rosalind is the only one who is not clapping. Okay, so originally when they did this scene, she was going to be like kind of like bitchy and mad the whole time and then it just didn't really work very well. So I think that they took that out and like didn't overplay it, but I think there are still probably some remnants of that in the group scenes. Yeah, no, and I think that's, I think Mary McDonnell is true enough to her, to the character that mm. she would have been like, no, Rosalind wouldn't be applauding for him. And she and Tori go to leave early, but it's like in the distance and you kind of have to be looking yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, it just, it seemed very true to me, all of that decision about mm. like, we don't need to take away from this moment, but yeah, Rosalind's not going to participate in this shit. Cause she's still really mad <laughs> at him. I think the first, the first take was like a bit too much. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. No, there's just enough there that it's noticeable. Yeah. So <laughs> they're lobotomizing the Raiders mm -hmm. and they're having a little silent meeting on the spaceship and Natalie comes in, uh, and it's like, all right, like, are you sure you won't stop? But what if I give you one more chance? And this is also perfect. This is probably my favorite. Like, this has been a great. I love it all. I love Head Gaius. I love the conversation. But this story, like this, this decision of hers is so good. Like, it's you don't so expect good. it. No. Yeah. Uh, Cavill says something about like, you know, what really rankles my ass is that, that's not an expression that I know. Either. It's a Cylon expression. How dare you? Must be. Hmm. <laughs> uh, the, and she, she calls in um, some centurions and he's like, they don't get a vote. And she goes, they're not here to vote. It's so Ooh. good. And then one thing that Ronald D. Moore pointed out is that you get this point where I think one looks at the other and then the other one looks over. And like the idea is to like really, it's like a small thing, but it demonstrates their, 
individual freedom is like because they don't look over at the same time they sort of like it's like a little bit and then a little bit i'm doing hand gestures for everyone at home very helpful super helpful um no i love that touch Mm. uh and it's i love that we're getting all this insight into the like cylon society because at the beginning they just seem kind of like this unified force Mm. bent on the destruction of the human race and all united and it's like no they're a mess Mm. their society is a mess hey that's the same as most wars well very true Mm. um it's it's fun it's fun to watch so they um you kind of hear in the background that they're shooting other people in other places in the show and watch the realization of faces yes uh and it's kind of it's very violent Mm. like they don't pan away they mm. they very much show all of them getting shot and presumably they will be resurrected but like it'll mm. be a slow it's going to be a busy day at the resurrection hub mm. so it might take a minute yeah uh yeah and then we get this scene with tori and gaius which is very sad and that's not so the the shooting happens up like this happens in between the shooting scene i think mm. Mm. But it's You're weird. So it's right. like a weird cut. Yes. It's like I didn't even realize that. It's fine because it feels like an entire scene, and I mean it is. But for some reason, they put this Tory thing in the middle, which is very. Yeah, I mean she is figuring out what it means to be a Cylon too. So yeah. I guess that's what it is, and also just building up to like the climax of the episode, mm. um, if you will, and the climax of their time well, together. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we have this. I actually like this scene. Do um, you like that she's crying though? I there. I know that that happens for some people and I think it but happens more often for women. Before. This is true. And I think that's more a continuity issue. Yeah. Um, yeah but I've, I've definitely heard about women who cry during sex and I think they, they have a really honest moment here. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Like, I think if it, it hadn't been for the fact that we'd seen her having sex before and then she says, I always cry during sex. And so what that seems like it's saying is that, uh, is that she doesn't usually to us, even if she's saying it to him, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, either it's a lie because she doesn't want to tell guys why she's actually crying or, I don't know, we didn't see like the whole scene of her and Sam. It seems like to me it reads as something she's admitting honestly. Okay. Well, then the rest uh, of the conversation But I think you could honest. take it either way. Yeah, and the way that he sort of talks about it is... I mean, he says, yeah, you should, you have an abundance of feeling and there's something very like, Gaius doesn't usually say the right thing and I think <laughs> he did there. He seems to be doing a lot of that in this episode. Well, he's in touch with the one true God, so. <sighs> of course. Uh, and just out of nowhere, she's very like, yeah, I suppose I could be a Cylon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's like, Cylon, like humans don't, you know, on the patent on suffering or whatever he says like Cylons feel and they suffer and Tori's very interested suddenly in the one true God mm. and there are a lot of candles so many candles I had an idea that maybe one of the ships in the fleet uh, was their whole purpose was just delivering an enormous amount of candles like to somewhere in the 12 colonies oh and, that's why and then they just had a they're just like left that over. was the only thing we were doing on this ship was making this massive candle delivery i guess we'll just disperse them evenly now throughout the fleet send a lot to galactica yeah the galactica, military needs them they need candles we all know the military needs candles. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, you're right. This is where we get the second half of that scene. Um, and Cavill has this great line where he's like, say what? <laughs> I just love everything out of his mouth. Um, another great actor. Even the bigotry. Well, th- but just, okay. I don't, no, no. I don't like the character, but I think the actor is fantastic. Hey, Let's I'm say a that. Gaius Boltoff fan. Who am right? I to judge? Well, I, everyone loves to hate, but also love Gaius Bolter. I think. Who, who wouldn't? Ugh. Amazing. Ugh, it's just, we did it. It was so good. I honestly, like, my energy is low right now. Um, more to do with life factors, but I was, like, genuinely just, like, so excited. Like, I'm really tired, but I'm going to go and make myself a pizza and watch the next episode yeah right can now. we talk about the last scene before you do that oh yeah I'm, <laughs> see i'm really excited <laughs> um so starbuck is still in her cell screaming that they have oh, to go back yeah. hilo comes for her cuffs her and sh- takes her and uh, she thinks adama's gonna airlock her do you know why i thought d- why i forgot about this scene is because my only note was a love heart oh i was like why was i loving this cylon attack okay whatever and i just put my <laughs> book away um yeah. Yeah. And Adama decides like he can't risk not taking a chance that she's right. So they're sending her on a sewage recycling ship <laughs> that's apparently very stinky, mm. uh, which I guess they're going to live survive without? without. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the other thing that's interesting about this is that Hilo originally wasn't supposed to be going with her. And then the network saw the scripts for the show and commented that they didn't have enough Hilo and they loved Hilo. And so he needed more to do. And so then he was a part of the journey also. I feel like that's kind of been his story since the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Since they were like, probably Hilo died. And then they had a whole other plot line just to bring (laughs) him back. Cause everybody loves some Hilo, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Adama's like, I think you're right that you would die before you, like gave up this mission and I won't lose you again. And it's a good, you know, good moment. She could die on the mission. Yeah. But I think she's been so tortured since she came back and it's hard for him to watch her go through that. So just go do it. Just go. Just take your stinky ship and go Mm. and find it. And that's it. And we're done. We are. Should I have some counts? Please count for me. (laughs) <laughs> One gum uh, We have 12 fracks in the first episode mm-hmm. and 11 fracks in the second episode. A lot of foul mouths. Um, mm. Total in both episodes, we have one from Lee, five from Starbucks, six from Chief, three from Sam, four from Ty, one each from Adama, Gaius, Rosalind, and Narcho. Mm. Yeah. We, I didn't even remember him talking. He's the one who introduces uh, Apollo when he's going up to take his drinks and ah, make okay. his toasts. Yeah, I had to look up who said it because I didn't know who it was, but I remembered that we had talked about Nacho before. Yeah. Uh, Cylons in part one, Tori, Ty, Tyrell, and Sam, and Head Six and Caprick Six. And Cylons in part two, literally all of them, mm-hmm. except for Deanna having been boxed. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Amazing. We're done. Happy season four, everybody. Thank you so much for being here with us for this double episode. Yes. It's been uh, great. We might be doubling up a few episodes this season because uh, it looks like I'm moving to Chicago at the end of the summer. 
which is very sad. It's very sad and also very soon. (laughs) (laughs) But we could get through and if not, we can probably make it work. We're going to make it work no matter what. Well, Um, of course. Um, But also, I mean, there are a lot of double episodes. I think we realized. I don't know that there are in season four, but the finale is a three-parter. So we're going to figure out how we want to handle that when the time comes. Six shots. (laughs) <laughs> yes obviously to our sweethearts yes <laughs> um yes so that's all that's all as always you can review us and send us money and reach out to us on twitter and we love that email us if you want to we c- sometimes we check it send us your feedback and all that good fracking stuff that'd be great and thank you for bearing with us for a bit of a low energy but high excitement episode yes we will we see really you loved it next week.